You know, 50 years ago this year, uh, this church was incorporated. Um, it was a small group of believers. They were meeting in a home right about this time, 50 years ago, and they were worshiping God. They wanted to learn of His ways. God had brought them together to find Him in a new way. And in April of that same year, they officially formed Big Bear Christian Center as, a, as an official church. They were, they were meeting at the beginning in a home at the corner of Myrtle, on Myrtle Avenue. And, and that's where the, the church had its origins. But it was full of people who wanted to see the kingdom of God established, who wanted to see the full gospel presented. They, wanted, they knew the Lord, and they wanted other people to know the God that they knew. Their purpose, as they began... Because there was, there was a few other churches up here. There wasn't a lot at the time, but there was a few others. But their purpose was to form an independent full gospel church. And a full gospel, and you may have heard that expression, simply means that we believe that the Holy Spirit is still active in doing what He was doing in the book of Acts. That, that when He came in power and He gave gifts to men and gave power for evangelism and and gave gifts of prophecy and exhortation and words of wisdom and speaking in tongues and gifts of miracles, that all of those things are still happening in the church today. That's what simply full gospel means. And it was, it was actually coined by A.B. Simpson, who himself was a Presbyterian, and he was looking for more of the Lord, and he found a full expression. And so he, he called it the full gospel. And I don't think other churches have a half gospel up here. But that's just a, that's just a, a phrase, okay? And, and so it helps to identify who we are. Um, over the years, a, a word that could go with that could be Pentecostal. But over the years, that, that phrase for some has scared you. Um, because maybe, you know, you saw some things, experienced things that were, were different. Um, it, it, and sometimes it was charismatic. But then some churches, there's, it's all kind of semantics and definition. But a spirit-filled congregation that believes that God is present, that He gives the Holy Spirit to us in power that we might experience life and have something beyond just our hope in heaven, but that He would empower us to live daily. So Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, this group desired to do and to be the same thing that we desire to do and to be today. They desired to be His witnesses. They desired to be Christians in a dark world. One of the differences is the, the light has gotten dimmer. Not Jesus' light, but the world is getting darker. We live in a time that, that the darkness is really overshadowing. But they wanted to be a witness. They wanted to reach the lost, and they wanted to disciple the saved. It's pretty simple. And that's what God called them together to do. And so for 50 years, that's been at the core of Big Bear Christian Center. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. And I'll give you a second. Some of you are flipping over there, and it takes a second to flip and swipe. Swipe over to Matthew 28. <laughs> Father, as we read the Word and have time together talking about you, we need your Spirit. And we thank you that you're here. You're always with us. But God, we had asked that you would enlighten our hearts and our minds, help us to see you and understand you deeper today. God, I pray that you would touch us in a powerful way. Let, let the written word become alive today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, this is at the end of Jesus' 
his life is actually, he's already died, he's risen again, he's about to go to heaven, and he's talking with his disciples, and he says this, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was the last thing he said to his disciples. Now, he said something else that we're going to couple together this morning and get this wonderful picture of what Jesus wants us to do and be. Now, the how is not written here. We'll talk about that. But go back to Matthew 22, just a few chapters before, and we know this. We're familiar with this passage. You might not have known that's where it's at in the Bible. But I encourage you to, to, get, to know your, get to know the Word. And, but in Matthew chapter 22... Jesus gives a very simple, yet the most profound statement. He simply says this. What's the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. God has called us to simply, not easy, but simple, love God with everything we are, with everything we have. And then he adds something that was not written when this law was given through Moses. He says, and also, love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty simple. How are you doing so far? <laughs> you know, we, I, I get an F some days. I mean, I really do. I, I, I get an F for loving my neighbor as myself. In fact, you know, sometimes... I don't even want my neighbor to see me because they might ask me something. I'm sure you've never been there. Pushing your aisle down Stater Brothers, glancing at somebody and looking which way they go so you go the other way. I know none of you are ever that unspiritual. Right? He's called us to love God, but he doesn't just say, you know, say that you love God. He doesn't say, love the Lord your God with all your mouth. <laughs> that would be a lot easier to accomplish, wouldn't it? But he says, love them with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I love me. <laughs> and I have a feeling you love you too. You know, we, we, we tend to love ourselves, and we, some of us even have that, you know, we, we, a low self-esteem or false humility. Oh, no. No, but, you know, look at how we care for ourselves. You know, we feed ourselves, and we, we try to get ourselves the things we want. How many of you went through Starbucks this week? Don't raise your hand. You know, how many went through that place, and you just, you, you, you just you wanted to treat yourself to something? We love ourselves. And God didn't say don't love yourself. He says, but how about love your neighbor as yourself? Love God. Love your neighbor. And so he's given us this mission to go and make disciples of all the nation. Baptize, teach them, love them, love God. Now Jesus said this at the end of his life. He didn't say it at the beginning because he spent three years doing what he told us to do. He made disciples. And he did it by living life with them. He did it not just through teaching, but showing, 
living. And so at the end of his life, he says, here's a mission. Go make disciples. Now, part of that is we're going we're gonna to teach them. We're going to baptize them. We're going to live life. Go and make disciples. Oh, yeah, by the way, at the very end, he says, I'm with you when you do it. Thank God. He says, I'm with you. And he says, don't forget what I said, though, six chapters ago. I don't think he said it that way because there wasn't chapters then. Don't forget what I said. Love God and love your neighbors yourself. That's it. That about sums it up. You have to remember how I lived because I made you a disciple. So you have to remember the things I taught you and how we walked life together, what I said to you, what I commanded you. Because for the last three years, I've been making you into disciples. I've been making you into my disciples. So that's what I want you to do in this world. And that's what he's telling us today. He says, go and make disciples. Go help people to meet the Lord God, to meet Jesus Christ. You know, he, he, he made disciples. He lived with them, and he says, go make disciples. Now, what he didn't want us to do, and this is what we sometimes end up doing, is we make disciples of ourselves. You know, we go and spend time with people as a Christian or even as not a Christian, and, and you kind of make people look like you. We've got to be careful. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help people look like Jesus. Now, hopefully, you look enough like Jesus that, that they're following you and seeing that, and you can live that and impart that. It's not a fake thing. It's just living life. But, but that's why discipleship, and we're going to get into this further later, is not just you, but it's a group of people living life together and, and becoming in community. So go and make disciples for me. Good luck. Good luck, guys. That's almost the way it feels sometimes when, when God's commanded us to do something. I'm just being real. Sometimes I read the Word and I go, really? But He doesn't leave it. It just, go do it, good luck. He said He would be with us. And not only did he say he would be with us, he said he would be in us. And so he doesn't just leave us as orphans, as the Bible says. He actually wants to go with us and live in us. So how on earth do you expect to do this? Make disciples preach the gospel? Because I don't expect you to do it. Because you can't. That's why I went to heaven and I sent you the Holy Spirit. Because... I need to be in you. The Holy Spirit needs, you, needs to be in you. Because after he said this, the next thing he said was go wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. I like that word, endued. Until you have power from on high. Don't go off and try to do this on your own. You've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so he sends us, and we go, and we wait, and we seek God, and we wait for the Holy Spirit. And he empowers us, and he begins to walk out his mission with us and in us. And so really, and th this is called the great commission, which is when you kind of commission someone. But I like to think of this word as the co-mission, like a co-pilot, right? We're the co-pilot in the mission. He's giving us a co-mission because He's going with us. And He's going to lead us. 
and He's going to be in us. And so we're not alone. We don't have to make anything up. We don't have to perform. We just have to go and be. Just be. In fact, He says, you will be my witnesses. He didn't say, go and do my witnessing. He says, be my witnesses. You get full of God. You wait. You get to know the Lord. And as you go, you be a Christian. And you just exude what God is doing inside of you. And so you're on mission. We're on mission together with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Because if we do it on our own, we're just going to make little us's. And everyone knows the world only needs one me. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> only one. In fact, that's debatable. If they even need one. So he says, wait for the Holy Spirit. And then we see the writings of the New Testament. The book of Acts is, is a history book. It's our, it's our one, it's our, it's our big history book of what happened. And it's, and it's called... The Acts of the Apostles. That's, the, that's kind of the, the full name. But I, I like to think of it as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because as you read the book of Acts, you keep finding how Holy Spirit shows up and empowers people to preach and empowers people and does miracles. And as we see that, we go, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like and I'm supposed to do it not on my own strength. But I'm supposed to do it in Him with His power. So we read books about the Holy Spirit and, and we see, you know, that, that He's going to give us gifts and He's going to give us power and He's going to be in us and we, we start to get a good picture. And I'm going to tell you, here's a great picture for you. Remember Peter? Impetuous Peter. Peter was just always flying off the handle and doing, you know, just kind of impetuous things. Just before Jesus died, what does he do? He denies Christ three times he couldn't even stand up to the little girl there's a little girl that said the servant girl weren't you with him no no peter do you see him being that strong force no and one of the next pictures you get of peter He's standing up before a crowd of thousands of people and he preaches a message. Just by identifying with Jesus on that day could have led them to just want to kill him. And he preaches this message. Now, I've, I've read the message that he preached. It's, it's in there. It's okay. I mean, it's It's okay. I, you know, we don't know all the words that he used, but you read it, you go, oh, that's good. He kind of gave a history and he said, this Jesus is who, you, who you, you crucified and he is God. And he says these things and it's an okay speech. I don't know if it's 3,000 people getting saved worthy. <laughs> Why? Did 3,000 people come to know Christ in that moment because the Holy Spirit was inside of Peter and doing a miracle work? Thank God it's not up to us and how well we speak or how well we don't speak. It's up to Him. But Peter had to take the step of faith, be willing to let God use him. 
to go on co-mission with God to preach the gospel and to make disciples. Because that's the one thing that the Holy Spirit doesn't do to us. We, there's a saying, and it's not in the Bible, but I believe it's, his character is, we say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Amen. He doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us gifts, but He never makes us use that gift. If you've got the gift of prophecy, you're not sitting in service one day and all of a sudden God opens your mouth and makes your tongue come out and go, Thus saith the Lord! You, you feel a still small voice. You know that it's something burning in your chest. And in fact, you may have had this experience and you go, what is that? Where you're, you're getting nervous and you feel like you're, there's a, you're supposed to say something, but that's just ridiculous. Why would I say anything? You know, God is moving up on you to give a word of wisdom or of knowledge or prophetic word, I believe, in those moments. And, but he doesn't make you do it because I believe he is a gentleman. But the moment you step into the plan that he has for you, he will empower you and he will do amazing things through your willingness because he has a mission and that's to make disciples. And he commissioned us to be on mission with him to do it together. Amen? It's not going to be easy. In fact, we read later in the Bible when, when, when Paul's talking about all the people who saw Christ after his life and he was making a, a point to say, listen, it's not just a couple of us who saw Peter. He, he, you know, to, to, who saw Jesus, he appeared to Peter and he appeared to all the disciples and then he appeared to 500 people at once. Now, 500 people at once, my guess is that as he's giving one of these last instructions, we don't know when he appeared to 500 people, it's not there. But one of these last times that he was giving his last instructions, there was probably a big group of people who had gathered together and said, this is Jesus. And he appeared to them and he probably, it could have been in this setting here when he said, go and make disciples, but wait until you're endued with power. 500. How many show up in the upper room? 120. We talk about multiplication, that sounds like division. 500 to 120. Why? I don't know. I mean, maybe they just, maybe, you know, 380 were outside. And those 120 could fit. I think it's because though they saw Jesus and they heard Jesus, they were still afraid to follow him. And that's what happens in life. See, not everyone who comes to church will become a disciple of Jesus. Not everyone who, who one day calls on Jesus and says, Lord, forgive me my sins, I want to be a Christian will really serve him because it's not easy. See, even though he fills us with his Holy Spirit, we have to pick up our cross daily and follow him. We have to die to ourselves, And we have to be willing to let God help us to walk away from our old life because we have this choice to live in, in our heathen debauchery, a great Christian word, we have, a, we have a, a choice to stay doing the same things we do before we're saved, even though it doesn't have any power over us. We have a choice to keep doing it. Because when Christ does come in, He frees us from that, but we have to step in to life in Christ. And that means sometimes stepping away from the things that we used to do or know. And He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to walk this life. And He walks it in and through us. How much easier can he make it? 
there's one other thing he does for us that, that causes this to be something that we can actually do. Because he, he doesn't give us a task that we can't accomplish. He doesn't call us alone. He doesn't call me to reach this. He doesn't call you to do this. He calls us to do this. It's an us. It's a we. To make disciples, to preach the gospel, we don't go off and do it on our own. We live together and we accomplish His will together. He puts us in good company. We're a company, not, not the kind that you go and shop at, but the, the word company of, of a gathered together people. He gives us a mission. And He puts us on commission. And He puts us in good company. And He calls us, as I said, to lose ourselves, to die to ourselves. And we, it's not easy, but in Christ, full of the Holy Spirit and with each other, we can do this. He places us in the body. The Bible talks about the body of Christ. And there's a universal body of Christ. And that's all believers all over the world. Everyone who's called on the name of the Lord. They're part of the universal body of Christ. It's a big body. It's a big body. We have some Chinese fingers. Maybe some Indian knees. How about some Kenyan legs? You know, the Kenyans would make good legs because they're so fast. All over the world, we're part of the body of Christ. And I believe, and I've even experienced it, that you could go to another part of the world and not speak the language, but if you could just simply communicate somehow, maybe by holding up the Bible, may, but communicate that you're a believer, you would have instantaneous fellowship with someone. And I think they would invite you into their home and you would look at each other and grunt. Oh, oh, oh. But you would have fellowship because you're part of the body of Christ. And that would be enough for you to go, wow, I have no idea what you're saying. But the Spirit of God is inside of you and we're, we're connecting here. That's the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, it says that the body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts. And, you know, we, we, we understand parts. We, we have a lot of things that have parts. You know, we have a lot of parts in this. And, you know, cars have a lot of parts. You know, I think we, we understand units that are made up of a lot of parts probably better than they did back then. They didn't have as many machines. You know, they, they, they had some machines that did some things back then. But we go, oh, yeah, I get it. One thing that's made up of a lot of parts. And he says, so it is with Christ. In verse 27, it says, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is a part of the body of Christ. We have a different function. We look differently. But we're all part of the body of Christ. And if, when you take out a part, the, the body doesn't work as well. If you're taking notes, if you're listening online and Want to write scriptures down? Read Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and 1 Corinthians 14. Of course, you can read 1 Corinthians 13 because it's talking about all the parts and how they work and all the gifts of the Spirit. 
but without love, they're all meaningless. So go ahead and throw in 13 so we understand it's not a, it's not a show. The whole book of 1 Corinthians really is an accusation to the church, to a group of believers who were in one place in Corinth. And, and they had a lot of problems, but they had a lot of spiritual gifts. They were prophesying and they had gifts of tongues and they were doing a lot of things, but there was a lot of accusations because they were doing them out of order and they were doing a lot of things in the flesh. And a lot of people, it sounded like when you read it, they wanted to be showy. You know, they wanted to show their gift off. Hey, look at me. I speak in tongues or, hey, listen to this. I got this great prophecy. And so, so Paul's trying to bring correction and instruction, but, but not saying those things aren't important and don't do those things, but to say, listen, we're all a part of the body of Christ and each part has its purpose. Let's fulfill the purpose together. Let's, let's do this in order and don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. In this room, we're a body and we have gifts. And they're different from one another. So what, what's the purpose of any gift? According to the Bible, it's to edify one another. Whatever God has called you to be and to do and He's given you a spiritual impartation or spiritual gift or he wants you to use who you are in Christ and what spiritual gift He's given you to build the body up. And we're the body of Christ. Now, there is the body of Christ, which is the universal, but I also believe that He puts us together into local expressions of His body. And Bigger Christian Center is just one of those. We're a local expression of the body of Christ. And in this room, we have gifts and callings and mission. And I believe that even shrinking it down beyond that, that we, we have life groups in this church. And we have eight life groups that meet together and they live life together and they pray for one another. But each one of those life groups even has its own mission and giftings and things that that they tend to spend more time doing. We have some that spend a lot more time praying, others that maybe sp spend more time studying the Word and, and those that want to be on mission. So there's individual, the, it, it keeps going, we have these missions and these bodies, and then individually we have people in this room that have individual calls of God on their life to accomplish certain missions. But you can't take your individual mission and just say, well, that's my thing and I'm just going to do everything by myself. You know, Jane's going to be leaving us next month. And, and she's, she, she's leaving, but not permanently. God is calling her to go be a, a, I don't even, a, a rural missionary, real rural. She's going she's to be traveling around and ministering to people as, as she camps and, and and, and just sharing the love of Christ. And God has led her this, and we've prayed a lot about it. And so she's going to come back. To, she'll be back in Big Bear quite a bit, but she's going to be traveling and doing it. God is calling her. But we're not all packing up and going with her, though some of us might want to, because God has given her this mission. But she also knows that she's part of a body, and she's part of her life group, and that she has, she's connected in other ways. So we see these things as we go, we're part of the great big body. We're part of a local body here at Christian Center. We might be part of a, a life group or just a group of people that love the Lord. You might not call yourself a life group, but you get together and, you, and you're serving the Lord together and, and, and you're doing life and you've got this, this bent. But then even within that, you might have a specific call for you because God has given you a gift. 
And it all works together, but only when we allow it to work together. We need to bring our parts back. We need to make sure we're part of the body so we can reach the lost. In 2015, as a church, we're going to become more purposeful about reaching the lost and making disciples. I don't know about you, it doesn't come naturally to me. I mean, preaching the gospel and making a disciple, it doesn't come naturally. You'd think it would. I've been saved a long time. It's still a struggle. I hope that encourages you and doesn't depress you. Because sometimes, and, and I hope you never do this, you know, we, we, we hold somebody up with you know, higher esteem or something. Oh, well, they've got it all together. Just ask my wife and kids. I don't have it all together. And I hope I never act like I do. But it's not easy to share my faith. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like it just happens. You're in a conversation or something, and it's easy. There are other times I feel God telling me to do it, and I fight him tooth and nail. It's not easy to preach the gospel sometimes. And making a disciple. Now, if I'm living for the Lord, then just as Jesus did, a lot of his disciple-making process came from just walking. But the thing is, he had to walk with the disciples. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes to hang out with people. You know, you guys are real quiet now. You, you spiritual men and women of God. Because we know that we would, most, many of us, now some of you are just like, when I'm alone, I call strangers just so I can get together with somebody. You know, I mean, there's some of you, you're just a party waiting to happen. But, but that's its own gift. I think a lot of us kind of sit back and go, you know, it's kind of comfortable here at home. I got my family or my cat. <laughs> Once you reach three cats, you know you're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> and it's hard to live life with people because they do things different than you. And they don't agree with everything. And you know what? Your cat's... Your cat's not saved, or he, let me just say your cat's saved and going to heaven already, whatever. Your cat doesn't need you anymore. We need to be purposeful about making disciples. That means we need to push ourselves a little bit and be in relationship with others. Because, come on. Come on, church. This isn't going to happen. How many of you on January 1st, I'll raise my hand first and nobody else be that dumb. I'm going to lose weight this year. The gym has not showed up in my living room yet. I keep waiting for it. You know, it's hard to get up at 7 or 6 and leave, I mean, leave the house to go work out before work or after you've worked all day to go ahead and hit the gym. Right? It's only going to happen if you be intentional about it. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're going to have, so we're the body, we're going, to, we're going to become more intentional about making disciples. Now, here's the thing. Who has ever 
worked out, and you can raise your hand if you want on this. This is, this is the final one. Who's ever, you don't have to working out now, but whoever went through a period of your life where you worked out consistently for maybe six months or a year, or even three months? Anyone? After you, do you remember, after you got about a few weeks or a month of, of like three or four times a week, I'm not saying once a week, once a week probably didn't even qualify for this. You went, I want to go to the gym or whatever it was you were doing. You actually said something and your, your, your jaw dropped after you said it because you couldn't believe it was coming out of your mouth. I want to go run. I want to go work out. Raise your hand if that was you. You remember that, that moment? And you go, what happened to me? Well, you start doing it intentionally and you see the value and you understand something and it becomes part of you. Unfortunately, you can still fall off. Amen? But it does begin to change as we become intentional about preaching the gospel and making disciples. It will begin to change where it will actually become more natural for us. And I go, wow, really? But I'm looking at a church. I'm looking because the, the, the building isn't the church. We're the church. I'm looking at a church who is going to be intentional and they're going to begin to go, I just have to share my faith. And I have to spend time with these people because I see their lives changing. And it's going to come from within as we become intentional about it this year. In order to do it, we are going to need all the gifts, active and working. We're going to need those people with the gift of encouragement and, and maybe the, the one with the gift of evangelism occasionally to help us and, and teach us. We're going, to put, we're going to put the gifts together in the body and we're going to do this as a family. You know what? One of the things we, we're going to do this year, and we, we, I believe we, we do this, we're going to reach out to the, our community, this area, with the love of Christ. I don't want to be known for what I hate. I want to be known for who I love. I don't want to be known for what I hate, the things that are sinful or the things that I don't like. I want to be known for the person I'm deeply in love with who changed my life. And we need to reach out to our community with the love of God. We don't want to become a seeker sensitive church in the negative way that sometimes it is but I want this place to be somewhere where a, where somebody who hasn't met Jesus yet would come in and feel so welcomed because the presence of God was wooing them and they felt love from one another on Thursday night we had a we had a kind of a core group meeting and one lady said that when she came here and this is not a rare testimony said everyone that that I saw welcomed me and loved me and looked me in the eye and I felt welcomed here. We have a wonderful test. We have a body who loves people. We're going to continue to love each other, but we got to be ready and diligent and intentional about reaching out to the lost and, and loving them where they're at. And if they come here, praise the Lord. If we meet them on the street or at Starbucks or wherever it is, praise the Lord. We're going to love people, and we're going to make disciples, and we're going to preach the gospel. And we're going to take all of us coming on board. You know, I want to see people's giftings 
being used more and more. We want to help people get their gifts flowing more. You know, very few of us have a sign on us that says, my gift is hospitality, so ask me to host something. You know, you, 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 we don't have signs on. So we've got to help people, help the gifts to get known so we can get these gifts activated in the, in the body. And that's who we are as Big Bear Christian Center. We're a full gospel church. We believe that the Holy Spirit wants to show up and do things in our midst. He wants to edify. He wants us to edify one another. He wants us to make disciples and reach the lost. And that's what he's calling us to. So we have the universal body of Christ. We have our specific part of the body of Christ. And we've been here for 50 years. And... You know, our bylaws, in fact, if you, if you get a new visitor packet, you know, it talks all about the church. And, you know, you're welcome to come as a visitor. You, we don't require membership. Um, you can be here and you can, you're part of the family. When you just, you know, when you say, hey, we can tell when you're, somebody's becoming part of the family. You don't have to become a member. But membership is another step that we take. And to become a member of, of this church, you're in... You're in fellowship with us. You become part of the family and say, you know, I, this is my family. I'm going to be part. I'm going to give here. I'm going to serve here. You identify with us. You, you might, we have people who are visiting other churches for different reasons even sometimes. But this is their family. You know, when I was growing up, I knew who my family was, but sometimes I went to other people's family dinners too. And it was fun. It was great. But I knew where my family was. And so membership is a way of identifying and also putting yourself into an accountable relationship. Because the Bible says that you're supposed to obey the leaders that are over you. And, and don't, make their, don't make their life hard. Don't make it difficult. Obey the spiritual leaders. Well, I was thinking about this one day and I went, there's... I've heard, I, I've heard there's 28 churches up here, but let's, let's just say there's 15 good, solid, Bible-believing church families in Big Bear. And I think there's more than that. We'll just call 15. That means that there's at least 15 pastors. There's probably 50 or so elders. There's a couple of hundred small group leaders. Which ones do you have to obey? <laughs> the holy one well where do I belong you know because because one pastor might say hey we're do we're feeding we're feeding the feeding the feeding the homeless today another pastor might say we're going on a missions trip and another pastor might say these are all good things so you can do them all no we identify with a local body there's another scripture that says shepherds care for the flock that is entrusted to you. And I went, well, I'm a shepherd. God's called me to be a shepherd. But there's like a lot of churches up here and a lot of flock that I don't ever see. Do I have to shepherd them too? Oh, no. Because this is an expression of the local body of Christ. And so we're in relationship with each other and we hold each other accountable. And that point of membership is kind of saying, listen, I'm giving you a little bit of permission into my life. 
I'm giving you permission to, to call me and ask how I'm doing because I want to be part of this family. I'm giving you permission to call me on the carpet on something, but I'm also stepping into the role and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to watch out for you. I'm not going to be your, the sin police. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to step up and say, I'm going to care for you. And, 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 if, and if I haven't seen you for a while, expect to get a phone call from me because I'm going to love you. I'm going to make sure you're doing okay. Because you know that's not the pastor's job. It's all of our job to love one another. And so this morning, we've, I've, I've been meeting with a group of people and talking about this. And so there's a, a number of people, I believe, who they're going to come today and they're becoming official members of Big Bear Christian Center. So if that's you today, we want you to ask you to come forward and we want everyone to encourage them as they do that. Oh, you, you, yeah, that's fine. You can come up here. Amen. Well, hey, Fiona. Um, Jesse is standing up here. She's got to make room for Jesse. She's right there. Just kidding. She's working this morning, but, uh, but, but she, she could not be here, but she is wanting to do this. Now, we, we give this certificate out, and it's, you know, it doesn't get you a discount at Denny's. Um, this actually, it's an elder and member covenant. And I want to read this to all of us, and this is what, what, the, what we're saying up here today. Elders. And we want, we want the elders to come before, you know, in, in a minute here. The elders of Big Bear Christian Center enter into a covenant relationship with you. We solemnly accept this charge before God and this congregation, committing ourselves to your spiritual welfare and protection, and by God's grace to serve you and be available at all times to the best of our ability. And then as the member, they say, as a born-again Christian belonging to the universal body of Christ, I hereby publicly identify myself with Big Bear Christian Center accepting the privileges, responsibilities, and discipline of a committed member. I pledge by God's grace to be loyal to each member of the body and to serve them by living a life in accordance with the standard of the Word of God. We will sign this, and they will sign it, and they will keep it, and, and we'll keep a copy. And it's, it's not a contract, it's a covenant. We're just saying we identify, we love each other. We're going we're gonna to do that, but... I told, I told nobody had to talk. But if anyone wants to share, um, and, you know, that would be wonderful if they want to share, you know, what the, why, why they're taking the step of membership. And so I don't know. I know that we've got, oh. Give me this before Quick. There it is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I hate public huge house that was at the top of Pond Skin Park actually back up to the National Forest and um, God would just always speak 
this massive porch, and there was these trees coming through the porch, and it had a square cut around it, and it, I, I just couldn't get away from it. And I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? You know? And he just finally was like really speaking to me, you know, like you need to become involved with this church, you know, you need support and everything. And you know, lo and behold, you know, I started going to cell groups and stuff, never dreaming that my husband would like drop dead like a couple years later. And this church just swooped in and just held me up. I'm like, I <laughs> and then too, you know, in the last I used to be Wonder Woman and I remember Jane when she was up here talking talking about how independent she was. And that was me. You know, I, I just like to do everything myself. I was the one out there helping other people and stuff, you know, but God had some other plans. And I'm in a season of my life where I got really, really sick. I really didn't think I was going to make it. I had neuromuscular problems. My, I had brain injury. Hallelujah. God is just, he's restoring me even when I do it. That's awesome. That's walking into walls and stuff. You know. But anyway, I just, I look out at these people, all of you in this church, you are the church, and some people have just reached out and helped me so much. And it's just amazing. <laughs> but when I started coming here, people pretty much immediately started accepting me and talking to me, and and I decided like I feel more connected and loved in this church than I have in many years. And 
Amen. Amen. Try to keep it brief. Um, so, being in the military, you move around a lot, and um, every time you move, you kind of feel like you're plucked away from where you get connected in. Um, it, it's very easy, I think, for military families to kind of not have to commit to anything. And um, some sort of feeling I attach it to be intentional about connecting and connecting early and connecting quickly and finding the family. And um, it was even actually before I got to your tour, I had found the church and, or got it directly heard to the church. Um, and, and it was really clear that this was the real thing. And, um, you know, as a result, we've been in, in and out of a lot of different types of churches over the years. Sometimes every time you move, you look around in a bunch of different places. And we're, we're pretty discerning, I think, about trying to find a place where um, God is at work and moving and growing. Um, and where God also has a place for us to serve and find that other people that, uh, that we are not just here to gain and receive, but also to, to love and jump into. And I hope those of you who have seen us have felt that. You know, certainly we've got the challenges of sometimes that we're not doing things all the time. But I really appreciate that this is a place where we are loved and accepted and and, you know, hey, there's some wives. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> 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 That's
No shooting. Amen. Ooh. Sorry, Ruth. Amen. Amen. Joe, Shan, let's come and, and we'll pray for them. And we'll all, we're all going to receive them, but uh, we'll just stretch out your hands. and Amen. I'm going to come back over here and let Shannon be on the side here. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for putting all of us here together, Lord, as the body of Christ and as the family of God. And Father, for this group of people who are standing up, just publicly identifying that this is their, their home, God, I pray that you would help us to commit to one another, Lord God, that you would cause our love for one another to grow deeper. Lord, I pray that we would be all in to walk this Christian walk together. God, that you would help us to fulfill the, the, your desire to love our neighbor as ourself. God, that you would help us to fulfill the one another's in the scriptures, that we would love and encourage and exhort and pray for one another. God, I thank you for adding to our family, Lord, today. God, and we just commit, commit our whole future, this group of people, our whole future is a body of Christ here in Big Bear into your hand. And we ask that you would use us to expand your kingdom. God, to preach the gospel and to make disciples. Loving and caring for one another along the way. Lord, and I pray that we would as a group always make everyone who would visit here feel welcomed and comfortable and loved by you. God, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand. Amen. All right. Well, 11-11, it's, it's 1 o'clock, I guess. It's all ones. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to begin to move some chairs and set some tables up. If you're a member, make sure you stay and fellowship out in the hallway and, and help us get some things done. Meet up in a life group this week. We'll see you.